Hello and welcome to Gendering Geopolitics, my short series where I have quick 10-minute conversations with women who are breaking barriers around the world. My name is Emily Prey and I'm a senior analyst at the New Lines Institute in Washington, D.C. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Huma Abedin, Chief of Staff to Hillary Clinton and New York Times bestselling author of Both and A Life in Many Worlds. Thank you so much for joining me today, Huma. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So today we'll be talking about your book, Both And, which was an absolutely fascinating, incredible, moving read. And so for young women who are reading your book, what message do you hope that they take away from it? Well, one of the messages I, I hope young women in particular take is that it um, you don't always know how you're going to end up doing things in your life, that it's good to take risks, it's good to work hard, it's good to try new adventures. And um, the piece of advice I give people all the time, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be speaking at so many colleges and universities, I'm, I'm speaking to Cornell students tonight, but this idea of sometimes it's worth doing the thing that scares you the most, because sometimes it's often worth it. And I, I chose to do that by sharing my truth, telling my story, writing this book, uh, and it's been an extraordinary experience. So you've had a front row seat to some of the most significant geopolitical and political moments of the last quarter of a century. What were some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Well, some of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that sometimes the right thing to do is the hardest thing to do. Um, that when you're facing difficult decisions, particularly for somebody like me, who was a staff person in two Democratic administrations. First, I worked in the Clinton administration in the 90s, and then in the Obama administration um, uh, for the you know during his first term. That you are constantly, when America, for you know many years, and in some people's opinion, still is uh, the foremost superpower of the world. The responsibilities, geopolitical issues. How do you engage with the world? Um, how do you engage uh, when there's a conflict, uh, as we're seeing right now uh, in Ukraine, that very often the rest of the world is looking to the United States for that leadership. And in this particular case, um, you know, we've, we're lucky to have a president who is uh, actively involved and engaged in working with our NATO allies uh, to help preserve democracy. I mean, the very basis upon which this country was founded, this, this idea, this, this ideal of democracy um, is at risk, is not only at risk, in peril uh, in a country like Ukraine. And so how do we engage um, uh, in difficult situations like that, humanitarian crises around the world, it's so it's hard. You're not always, you're not sure it's the right choice sometimes, but you're, you know, you have to go into it, doing your research, understanding that you are on the right side and hopefully on the right side of history. And to be on the sidelines of that for a quarter of a century, as I was, was a really phenomenal experience. But a lot of lessons, you know, I learned along the way. Some things were right. One of the first lessons I was taught when I started working in the White House in 1996 was make a decision. You know, first, fail to plan, plan to fail. So I always... I was always very meticulously organized and always I kept a little black book that with my to do list. I still live by my my book, um, but also that, you know, to succeed, you 
you you really need to have a plan and a mission uh, in place, but then sometimes you just have to make decisions on the fly and just stick to it. Just make a decision. Don't be paralyzed by indecision. Sometimes the decisions are right. Sometimes they're wrong. You deal with the consequences later. Very wise words. And so one of the things that you talk about your book that's absolutely critical to your book, it's called Both And, is your identity. And your multiple identities allowed you to move between and among different groups of people around the world in your work. In your experience, how important is having people of different color, of different religions, women represented in the rooms where the decisions are being made? Well, first of all, we're living in a country where uh, the minority representation is going to, uh, in a, a matter of time, uh, no longer be a minority in this country. And I, the way I was raised, my parents, it's one of the greatest gifts I think they gave us, which is number one, a really um, strong sense of security in what our identity was and having a tremendous amount of pride in that. So even though, as I write in the book, I grew up in Saudi Arabia, I'm a product of an Indian father and a Pakistani mother, uh, two countries that are often in, in, in conflict with each other. I was born in Michigan um, and you know, raised as an American, an American Muslim, um, uh, taught to be proud of both of those heritages and also feeling a deep connection to the Middle East, the part of the world in which I was raised and spending my summers in the United States and in Europe and all over the world. And, and this notion of really exploring other cultures and languages and communities, seeing how other people live, seeing that our similarities are so much uh, more uh, than our differences. And so this idea of um, oneness and community and curiosity, uh, I can't even count the number of tea ceremonies um, not only that we would have in our house, tea was, you know, kind of a, a really important daily tradition in our household, but all throughout the world that there are so many just just cultural touchstones that um, that connect all of us. And I think it gave me a real sense of international perspective uh, when I started working in government that I could be both an American and working as a federal government employee, but traveling to places around the world and understanding some of the, you know, the, the backgrounds, the cultural sensitivities, certainly the religious uh, sensitivities. And it, it, it made me confident, but it also comfortable. And I think it made other people comfortable too, that they're, they felt, you know, my father always said the only way to, you know, push through conflict is for two sides to meet each other as equals. And that's not always possible. And it's often very hard. I mean, again, going back to what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, I mean, you know, you, Zelensky can't even uh, get Putin to have an actual one-on-one -on -one meeting with him. But um, it, it, it was a gift. It's something I'm trying to teach my son. As I was saying to you, I just got back from a long trip to India uh, and the United Arab Emirates. And I took my 10-year-old son with me. I took him out of school for a week and, and really believed that, it, you know, that kind of education, that exposure to the world uh, and communicating um, with other cultures and people. And he loved it, is so important. I'm going to continue to do that as much as I can. And you truly were an asset to Hillary Clinton, to wherever you were going, uh, because you were able to move so seamlessly and fluidly through different different countries and different groups of people. And I, it's, I hope to see more representation in our government and in, in different institutions as the years pass. 
Um, at the end of your book, I want to talk about mental health because that's a, that's a big part of your book. At the end, you write, I have walked through fire and it didn't destroy me. Um, I think by that point, I probably was tearing up. <laughs> and mental health is a huge part of your story. It's a huge part of many people's stories. I'm frankly in awe of your courage to write the book in the way that you did, where you left no stone unturned and you were completely honest and vulnerable. Um, so thank you for writing in the way that you did for all of us who are reading. How important is it to be aware of mental health issues, especially in this political climate where different groups of people are having their human rights infringed upon? It's one of the main reasons I wrote the book. I think when you are going through a mental health challenge, as certainly uh, I, I personally was, you know, my, my personal trauma took me to a very dark, very low, very singular place. When you're in it, um, you feel so alone and so isolated. And in many cases, there's so much shame that comes with that experience that you're going through. And I, I think the more we share our own stories of trauma and mental health challenges, the more it makes other people who are also similarly struggling or struggling in a different way um, feel less alone, maybe uh, reach out and seek help. I mean, the number of people just on my book tour that I've met, it's just been so really um, humbling to me who've said, okay, maybe this is giving me the courage to get some help for some of the things that I've been struggling with. And, you know, you mentioned the particular partisanship and absolutely that is a challenge uh, in certainly in our country. But even in this post-pandemic, even if, you know, I'm not even sure we're in a post-pandemic world, but dealing with the pandemic, we've been so forced to be uh, isolated from each other, from our communities, from our family, that uh, anxiety and depression and mental health, I mean, there are studies everywhere showing that these are issues, challenges that people are dealing with in record numbers. Um, and that's a, a, something that, number one, we should talk about and we should encourage other people uh, to talk about. And, and it's why I really did. As you said, I didn't leave any stone unturned. And part of it, it was my therapy in part to write it, to put it down on paper, to share my truth and 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 basically and let it go put the book out in the world and say you know this is i am now done and i'll continue to take care of my mental health and when i need it you know i go in and you know see my therapist and i always feel better when i leave because in many cases mental health is something that you're working on for the rest of your life but for me a big part of my ptsd um, I was able to tackle and really overcome in a, in a very fulfilling way in sharing my story in this book. Huma, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for coming on Gendering Geopolitics. I really appreciate your time and thank you for writing this incredible, incredible book. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for the conversation. I've, I've so enjoyed talking to you and I hope to see you soon. Look forward to yes, it. I hope so too.